Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. Well, hey everyone, my name is Kevin, and I hope our time together helps connect you to God's next step for your life. Today, my connection conversation is with Tony Holloman. Tony was my youth pastor growing up in Wilmington, Delaware, and my memory back then isn't that great, but I seem to remember not being around very much for youth group. Uh, that is, until my junior year of high school. Uh, we showed up after basketball practice just for the lessons, and finally went to summer camp after my senior year of high school. I also remember sitting in a friendlies telling Pastor Tony about my Mormon girlfriend and how God was leading me to go to Utah on a missions trip. He helped me do that and raise $600 to get plane tickets and get out there. I've always appreciated Pastor Tony's heart for people and for ministry. And while I always don't have the words to describe what exactly he was instilling in me, I really do now have come to believe that Church planting and all the concepts behind that idea are kind of baked into his heart and mind. So in our conversation today, we will talk about what it means to share your faith in Jesus, what it means to have faith in Jesus to Tony and his family, why the world needs Jesus, and some different methods or opportunities to share the good news. So I think you'll find our conversation very interesting. Thank you for engaging with us today. So here is my conversation with Tony. Uh, thanks for coming and joining us online. Thanks for being a part of our third connection conversation. Uh, it's with my friend Tony or Pastor Tony <laughs> Holloman. And uh, it's funny to think that, you know, 15 years ago as I was in your youth ministry and we'd be sitting here today doing this. But uh, yeah, <laughs> we appreciate you. And Alicia, you know, as she came into my life, 10 years ago-ish, and um, kind of been through all of that stuff. Thank you for all your good teaching over the years and being there for, through some big formidable times mm -hmm. in my life, so I appreciate that. So in our conversation today, we're going to talk about the theme of sharing our faith in Jesus, sharing Jesus. Um, so we'll talk about like what that means to you, uh, to your family. Okay. Uh, then we'll get into some practical things of how you did that as a pastor and youth ministry and in your personal life. And now as you will finish with the idea, like you don't have that official maybe role as a pastor anymore with a church, but in many ways you still do all that stuff. So we'll talk about what that means. Okay. So um, Pastor Tony's been around us as we got started, been to some vision nights and, and groups different things so we're so thankful for that but you probably don't know him all too well so I'm just going to give him an opportunity to share his testimony and a little bit of his story as we get started here. Okay uh, like Kevin said my name is Tony Holloman uh, my wife Gail's with me um, we are uh, we are living in Delaware um, I grew up actually in New Jersey um, I grew up knowing about Christ uh, I actually went to church, but I went to, I was raised in a Catholic church, so I went through the, the process of, 
you know, confirmation, communion, all that, all that. And I would say I knew the Bible stories. I knew stories. Um, and I believed them. But it wasn't until I was 13 years old that uh, first my dad got saved, which was really, was really an amazing journey to watch. A uh, gentleman witnessed for my dad, to my dad for about nine years. Uh, so again, we talk about salvation and, and, you know, how long do you go? You know, sometimes the frustration. Nine years, uh, a family that my dad worked for witnessed to him and our family. And my dad came to Christ. Uh, and through that process, there was a friendship there, uh, even with our families. Um, till this day, I have a friendship with uh, their son. Uh, we played ball together in high school, and we moved on in life, and uh, we still have a, we have a, we have a good friendship. Uh, but it's amazing how God, through that time, as I watched my dad's life changed and watched this family, uh, I, I started realizing that there's something I needed. Even though I knew about God, I went to this youth rally, and they presented the, the, the gospel message um, about how I needed to accept Christ as my Savior. And that's really the first time I heard that. I heard, I knew the story, you know, I could walk you through, you know, the life of Christ all the way through up to the resurrection, but really as far as taking that and making it personal and recognize, and you know, we say we, we know that Jesus died for our sins and it's kind of like it's there, but that was the first time I, I was brought to the point of he died for my sins. And, and, and what have I done with him other than acknowledging him mentally and intellectually, uh, it was at that youth rally that I went forward and I accepted Christ as my Savior. And uh, I, you know, I went through that process of, of recognizing that I was a sinner. You know, and I, I, knew, I knew this. I didn't know necessarily how bad I was or how good I was, but I knew this. I, I knew if, if He is real and heaven and earth is heaven, earth, hell, it's real. Um, I knew one thing. I didn't want to go to a place called hell. And I knew I wasn't good enough on my own to go to heaven. You know, through that night, they shared a message that made me think about no matter how good I was, I still was, I would miss the mark. And if it wasn't for what, and that was when I realized that what Jesus did on the cross was so vital for me. And that night I went forward and I accepted Christ as my savior. Um, and since then, uh, I wish I could say life was always easy. Uh, we all know it's not, um, but there were times again, as I got into God's word and I was around people that were challenging me with God's word to grow, to trust God, to, to let my faith, uh, uh, just grow. Um, I started studying the Bible for the first time. Uh, my dad, we I switched in schools. I went to a Christian school. But even through that process, I still struggle with people because, again, it's the reality of do I live the Christian life or do I say I live the Christian life? And for me, that was part of the struggle. Even going from a, a, a public school to a Christian school, there were people there doing the same things that I was trying to get away from. And not that I was trying to get away from the world, but I knew there were things that weren't right. And it made me to go deeper in my Bible to realize what is right. Because even though they were brought up Christian, they wanted to do things that I was doing or was leaving. And so it forced me to go into God's word. And it wasn't about a church or a denomination. It was about, okay, God, your word says something about how I should live. 
And I began digging and searching and asking God those hard questions. God, how do you want my life to change? You know, and we know that salvation is, you know, it's a decision, but it's a, it's a, it's a change of mind that results in a change of direction. But it's not changing in somebody else's direction. It's coming to the point where I realize that, God, I have to surrender to your direction. And it's no longer me, it's you. It's me living in your strength and yielding my will to yours. Um, and that became the journey that, that we went on through high school, in the college, uh, to where I am today, just wanting to be the person God wants me to be, not just involved in ministry, but realizing it's, it's not what we do, it's who we are. You know, it's not that I am a Christian, it's who Christ made me. And therefore, this is why I live the way I do. You know, this is why I, it's not because I go to church because I, I, I need to show God my love. That's true. But I go to church to, to grow so my life is more conformed to his life by the study of his word, by the encouragement of brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why, that's why church matters. That's why fellowship matters. Um, so, so here we are today. Um, that was 1975. <laughs> Many years ago. Um, and I look back and I look at how God has continually till this day is changing me. Even now, as I sit here today, uh, it's not, it's not like you arrive. It's God continue to conform me to your image. And I still have a long way to go. Okay. And, and I know that because that's what the Bible teaches me. And yet I know I'm perfect in Christ. I have a home. I have security. I have strength. I have, I have all that I need. But in, in, as I walk through this life, I see my weaknesses. I still see my sinfulness, the capability that we all have to, to not follow God's way. So we need to constantly be surrendering to him as we move forward in life. So that's kind of how I got saved and we've got into the ministry. Our passion was to see young people. I didn't know it at the time. Um, I thought I was going to be a school teacher. Uh, and that's how I got in, and God says, well, you're, I'm going to prepare you to do this, but since you're really not ready for this, this is how we're going to go. And uh, after just two years as a teacher, uh, working with the church and being in a Christian school, I realized my passion was to work with youth and to help young people really walk with God. And as I taught Bible in the Christian school, I realized I don't want to be teaching an academic just. I want to be teaching a lifestyle. So God moved us uh, from Richmond, Virginia to New Jersey. We moved around a little bit uh, from New Jersey, and now we're in Delaware for the last, what, 20, 24 years. Uh, just saying, okay, God, where, how can we minister to people, uh, whether it's being in a church full time, uh, which right now we're not, uh, but God has continues open doors. For us to serve him and to proclaim his truth so yeah. that's where we're at today <laughs> yeah that's awesome thanks for sharing um, but tell us a little bit about your family as as you think about um, your life and ministry and and it's funny as i was thinking of this question is just that idea of like paul told timothy like you're my son in the faith and in some ways as your pastor it's like you kind of have that special relationship but uh there's a lot of other more uh closely related family <laughs> that you have. 
So tell us about well, them and what they're doing. Again, I think we understand the uh, the spiritual ramification of that. That you know, we we have the opportunity to share the gospel with people and have them come to Christ. But again, as we raise our own children, uh, we have uh, Gail and I have five children. Uh, our oldest is 33. Um, our youngest is 21, uh, and they're all in between there. We have uh, three boys. No, three boys, two girls. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No. No, um, <clears throat> three boys, two girls. Uh, our oldest is on the mission field uh, in the Czech Republic uh, in youth ministry. Uh, we have a, uh, our daughter-in-law and two grandchildren that, that have been there for the last seven to eight years, uh, raising support and then just being on the field, reaching young people with the gospel. Um, and that, for us, for my wife and I, we met in college, and it's funny, as we met, we met with the, with the direction of just we were ministering to people. And God brought us together, uh, and her passion and my passion, they matched up. Uh, her desire was to uh, work with young girls, uh, to work with youth, and to minister to kids. And uh, as we got to know each other, uh, that's how God brought us together. And it's been great to see how God's taken uh, our lives as, as individuals and brought us together with the same heart, the same purpose, and the same drive. And our desires have been to teach our kids that. Again, not that anybody has perfect kids. Um, your desire is to teach them the truth of God's word. But again, it's to live it out. And uh, our desire has been to live it out and work together as one. Um, and for, I guess, our commitment and relationship has been... Um, uh, I don't know. It, it's for, for us. It's been a blessing. Uh, sometimes I feel it's it's different in the sense of I have a true helpmate, but but it's more of a compliment and a a ministry that we do side by side. So so we've always got each other's back, and we 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 meet each other kind of where our weaknesses and strengths are. And we've been able to use that over the years uh, in youth ministry uh, to, to reach a lot of young people for Christ uh, and model that. You know, my, our home has been a, kind of our model. Uh, and again, not perfect, but uh, we took our kids everywhere. Whenever we took the teens places, our kids were there. Uh, we believed together. My wife and I were very strong in the fact that we do this together. Um, till this day, we still do a lot of things where we're ministering or finding ways to minister to even senior adults today uh, together where she ministers to the women I'll minister to the men or will help them in their homes um, so we've been trying to just model that out and as we've done that we've been trying to teach our kids that you know again the emphasis is not who we are it's who Christ is and um, and we've watched our our children go through the struggles of life of owning their faith you know, I wish you could say, and again, so often it's easy to think, well, even, even the Christian life is like, well, if we know the formulas, it'll always work out this way. And the reality is, is the formulas or the, the, the plan is there, but there's still the personal will. There's still the struggle of the flesh. There's still the, the person has to embrace Christ as their Savior as well, just like we do as, and as you raise your kids. But as you live it out and you teach them, and try to teach 
you know, what it looks like to follow Christ. Uh, but you're always pointing them back to the Word. So we've got our children with the same uh, desires to want to minister to people, but in their own person. Uh, we just had a conversation with my oldest even about, you know, what he does and, and what we do. It's, it's the same, but it's different. You know, I never wanted my kids to be exactly like me. You know, so often we want our kids to be, you do to some degree, you want to follow your beliefs and your principles, but they still their own person. And they have to come to the point where they trust God. And, and we're always talking to our, 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 our children about, you know, you're going to leave our house one day, but remember that what you're held to is not our word, it's the word of God. And we need to constantly be entrusting that to them. And, and we still are under the same guidelines as parents. It's not because now we're mom and dad, we kind of call the shots and we're in control. No, we're direct by God to be good stewards of all that we have as we even as we grow older you know to give it back to him to use it for his honor for his glory for the purpose of sharing the gospel the message of truth with a life and with our words of who Jesus is what he's done for us and what he can do for others and he gives us a hope that again the world doesn't have so we're kind of walking our children through that road at this time yeah uh, and it's been like I said it's been cool to see um, and, like you have your son that lives in the Czech Republic and others have like you said have their own kind of unique way of, of living out this this faith and, and, and living out their relationship with God and uh, I think it, it provides some like <laughs> tangible handles to say like hey we can talk about sharing our faith we can talk about what that means for us and then it's like well, like our family is doing it. We're doing our best to, to live out this way. And so uh, as we shift here to kind of what that looks like or what that could look like, like why, why, does your, why do you do what you do? Why does your family do what they do? Why you know, move to the Czech Republic? Uh, what's the, the mission? Like, you know, what's the big, the big purpose? I mean, you've touched on a lot of it, but just, to, you know, why, why do that? I, I think it comes back to the, 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 the mission or the, I'd say, what matters most yeah. is, is living out the gospel. And that, that might take us to another part of the world. Um, it might keep us here in, in America. But wherever we go, um, we're trying to even engage our, our children as young adults now to to whatever they do, their mission is to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Go into the workplace, and whether God calls you to the mission field or into the, whatever workplace it might be, you have a, a mission, you have a, an obligation before God to, to be his ambassador. And that's to, to bring the love of Christ to the world that you live in, no matter how, uh, whether it's the Christian community within the church, or whether it's in the workplace. Uh, we need to see it as one, not secular Christian. I mean, it's all, it's all there for God's use and for his glory, and we need to walk that way. So as we, as we do live it out, uh, again, it's, it's presenting a message with our lips, uh, and so often sometimes we're good at that. But again, we forget that that is giving information Okay, and people will ascend to intellectual understanding, but when they watch you live 
They can't wrap their mind around that. And I don't know about you, but there's times I read my Bible and there's certain things that God says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. If I stop and say, oh, that's easy to do, but then when I start trying to wrap my mind around that, that's tough. Teaching all men too. And he gives us a directive of how to do that. But, it, but, it, but we think it's, okay, well, we need to educate them. You know, education will only take them so far if it doesn't transfer into a lifestyle. There's got to be a heart change. And today, if we're seeing anything in our world today, everybody's crying for change. But if it's not change that matters according to who God, who is the, the author of creation, author of life, author of, of who we are and what matters, then how can we get any of it right if we don't submit to his authority? And when we put God in the rightful place and we start submitting to his authority, then we know it matters. And what matters to God is sometimes we think, well, we got to reach the world. And yes, that's true. But before we can reach the world, we have to allow the word of God to change me from the inside out. And so often we're trying to fix culture and issues in our world and we're trying to do it from the outside in by legislating it or by laws and rules and regulations instead of by personally from the heart uh, reaching people. And that's where, you know, we're seeing that, you know, and I would constantly say that I keep finding myself where I fall short. I have to ask the question, what can I, not what can I do better, God, what needs to change in me to see things for, from your perspective, not my perspective? or not the church's perspective, or, or somebody's perspective, but God, from your perspective. Because if we really truly believe that's what matters, then to live out the gospel is going to be, again, it's not just going to be words, it's going to be in our actions. But then we can't go the other way, too. There are a lot of people that want to do it in actions, but the Bible says, you know, how can they hear without a preacher? So the word of God has to be, and their message, there's, a, there's a message that has to be presented. So the message has to be clear verbally, but the message also has to be, has to be given in our life. And, and I think that's the wonderful thing because you and I know that we can't live a perfect life. So I know for me, the hardest thing to do sometimes is re recognize when I'm wrong. It's not to say I'm sorry, but to say, will you forgive me? What better way for the world to learn the truth for us not to be perfect, but to recognize where our flaws are, not to hide them, but to actually allow them to be seen, not that we, we just go and do it, but when it happens, when our flesh fleshes out and we handle a situation wrong, we turn around and have the right response. You know, again, that I think will make a bigger impact on people than, because most people are trying, how can you be perfect? And we know we can't be. Well, we know Jesus is. And he perfects us. And so, I think you touched on a lot of important things just in that last little thought there because there is that desire to do right, to, to make a change, to, to do the right thing in the world and be the right person and, and you know, save this and do that. And, and, and they, they want to force all of that. But then people come to the realization that like, like people aren't, they're, they're not going to do it, <laughs> you know, like, like we all want to be this, but then we realize, oh, like we're not, or, or we, we fall short of that standard or, um, you know, we try and figure it out all these different ways. And I think the gospel, the, the message, the, the, your relationship with God is, is the, the message that allows 
change to happen, but it's not something that's forced upon somebody. It's, it's, right. it's a result right. of God working in your life. Right. Think about it. I think about it this way, and I, I'm learning as I get older, uh, with your own children. Uh, as parents, those of you that are parents that are here or watching or with us, uh, you raise your children and you can guide them. And, and to your children, you think about when you were a child, your parents were like a god. You know, there are these big people that tell you what to do and they can almost do everything. And you believe that your parents could like do everything. And then you grow up and you realize they can't. They're not perfect. And then sometimes parents try to, you know, control everything. And when they're little, you can control them. Right? You can put them in a playpen. You can control. As they get older, you realize you can't control their will. And the Bible knows that. And what does God tell us? He says, you know, train up a child. He tells us how to train up a child. He tells us, you know, to, to not to, to, to spare the rod, but, but he also says don't break the will. You know, you, you want to you you actually, actually you want to you break, in one sense, you want to break that will down of selfishness to, to trusting and stuff, but ultimately their will you can't control. And I guess, as, you know, as we get older, we realize uh, you, can, you can only keep them in a box so long. And then they're going to run and they're going to do and they're going to go. And, and when they move out of your house, what can you do? I mean, I know me and my wife, I, I spend more time praying for my kids now more than ever because I can talk to them. But, but you know what? The greatest, the greatest uh, aspect I have to, to, to reach them is prayer. So now do I believe what I say I believe? I believe in prayer. How much do I pray for my kids? That God would change their hearts. That God would move their soul uh, according to the word. Okay, and as we again, as we as we get older, we realize. But as parents, we don't we realize that? Oh, the, I think the hardest part for parents is we say that the hardest part is letting go. I think sometimes the reality of that is not letting go; it's being in control, being in charge, realizing you don't have control anymore. You don't have the say. You don't have well. But ultimately, isn't that what God teaches us through relationships? And I look at it from this capacity because ultimately, God, as we get older, we pass away. What do we leave our kids? If they don't know God, then what do they have? If they're just following my rules, my regulations, and who I am. If they hold up to the family standard. No, it should be God's standard. Okay? Because our lives, and it isn't, isn't amazing how God allows us the relationships and then the relationships change. And then we, as we get older, we pass on and they're left to stand on their own two feet. Who do they have? And I'm learning through the scripture that if you look at all the people in the Old Testament, they're all putting the next generation, not to them, but to the God we follow. And that's what we need to be doing today as well. It's who do we follow? Follow me because I'm following Christ, like Paul said. Mm -hmm. So our children need to see that, and then we need to pray to that end. Uh, whether they're our personal children, or as we look to reach people that are lost, uh, uh, they, that don't know Christ, that are, that are searching for answers for that truth. Uh, what makes this family so dynamic? It's Jesus Christ. That's what matters. Yeah. Yeah, and that it does. It makes a difference, um, an eternal difference. And you just think about, like, here we are starting a new church in Lancaster, um, and you've been in church world for a long time. 
um, experience lots of different things and you know have are aware of culture and, and the way that you know where people are and how the church is responding to different things could you just talk with us a little bit of like where you see the church just on a general scale like general how is it responding how is it reaching culture how you know what's effective what's not effective and then you know as we think about our sp- specific context you know how can we you know keep the gospel the main thing and see lives really transformed well, I think, again, the church, we move into the, the realm where, where the church is, is directed to uh, come to a uni- being unified, you know, um, to teach the word. But again, it, it's, it's not, it, there's a fine line between an organization and an organism. And the Bible pictures us as an organism, you know, constantly growing and connecting. And yes, there's organizational structure. But we got to be careful that we don't become like we operate like a business, even though there are some practices that we need to follow. Because when you start following, and I hate to say this, because but we're moving into the realm where everything is policy and procedure and, and this and that. But again, if and that'd be like saying, well, all, if you use all these formulas, it works. If you use all the right sales pitches, it works. Well, we're not selling anything. We're, we're proclaiming a message that changes lives. And, and even though we can use all the technology and all the processes that we have today, which are good for us, we, we can't fall into the trapping that that becomes what's going to give us the result. Just like saying, if I can share the gospel clearly with somebody, that every time I do it, they'll accept Christ. We know that's not true. We're, we're, we're leaving out the space of the Holy Spirit's working. And I really believe today we've gone to manipulating God in ways within our church structures. And is it, you really have to begin asking the question, is it the Holy Spirit that's actually working in people's lives? Because my Bible says that when the Holy Spirit changes a life, it's, it's transformed. They have a new life. They walk a different path. They are going in one direction knowing they're headed to hell and all the things they're doing is destructive and now they're walking in another direction. They don't, they don't accept Jesus and keep walking in the same direction. And we're living in a world today that if, if we see the church today, statistics are proving out that everything the world's done is now in the church and it's all acceptable and it's all... And we're, we're, we're saying, well, people are sinners, yes, but that doesn't mean you have to keep that, living that lifestyle. And what I'm seeing today is is we think we can educate people with the Holy Spirit. And that's supernatural. And I think, you know, I think for me, I'm seeing more and more the importance of praying and asking God to move in hearts and lives to change them. Our job is to proclaim a message. Preach the truth of God's word and let the Holy Spirit do it and live it and love people and let the Holy Spirit and like I said, the greatest example was nine years. This guy did not let up on my dad. He loved us, but you know what? He told us we were sinners. He told us we were going to hell. He told us we needed a savior. He told, you know, I mean, he, but, but you know what? He took us, my dad on vacation. He loved my dad. He had us over his house. He never quit. And he lived it. He modeled it with his family. Okay, so for me growing up, that's what I saw. And I thought, you know what? The best thing I could do is not just become a preacher or just go out and how do I raise my family to believe that and live it and I'm glad I had a dad that that's wasn't perfect but that's what he wanted us to grab a hold of 
Um, and that's what I want my, that's my desire. My kids would grab a hold of, not this is what dad does. This is who dad is. Because this is who Jesus is. Because Jesus really matters in his life. And that's what it should mean as a church grows. What matters is, are we presenting uh, and living out the gospel in all the entities? Not just, we've got the right building, we've got the right pieces, we got the right... Yeah, well, that's good. I think there's like two things as you were talking that stood out. It's just the like the strategy, the the we kind of yeah, you put all the pieces together. We do all the communication stuff, and we want to do all that stuff. It's right. good stuff. But if you're trusting and relying in that alone, you know you're missing on the point of it all. And, and secondly, just the idea, the perception of people of your of our community as we start to really reach out and connect with people that we haven't met before we're starting to build relationships or maybe there's friends in our life that are you know kind of see what we're doing but you know we we haven't you know they haven't crossed that line of faith yet a lot of times i think this week uh, i don't remember the specific example but um there's people that look at the church and say you know yeah, they're, they're like, what, where's the difference in your life? You know, like I could, I could live the same way that you're living and, and do all the fun stuff that you say you don't want to do. Um, and so they look in and, and they see like this uh, hypocritical kind of spirit. And yet I think that, that shows one is the, it's, it's the lack of, I said, there's always a lack of, of sharing the gospel because a church will always not be perfect. And, and right. it will be right. hypocritical from the outside. How do we respond or how clear is the message that we aren't perfect, but we are loving and following one who is, and he is the one that paid for my sins, you know, changed my life. And in God's view, because of Jesus, we are perfect. And through his power, now we are doing our best to, and, and God is changing us to live a, a better life where hopefully we aren't <laughs> stuck where we were years ago, but yet we're still growing in our faith as well. Yeah, being transformed. Yeah. So that's where I think the gospel and talking about these things, these, these kind of difficult things, the deep things to wrap your brain around sometimes is so powerful and so true because it's, it's not going to be, you know, as clear as, well, just live right. <laughs> and we're the perfect, you know, church, we're the perfect family, we're the perfect person, so, like, come and follow me. And it's also not, oh, well, we just do whatever we want to do, and Jesus is, is who he is, and, and then it's all good, so join us. You know, it's, it's this beautiful combination of, like, both of those things, right. and God is working through it all to really change us. So, Well, it comes back to, you know, again, uh, knowing, knowing the Word of God. I think, you know, I, I, I'm finding that there's, there's three words that I think are tough words today, okay? Uh, and, and from the human side, for all of us, right? Um, we don't like the word surrender, okay? We don't, like, we, we don't like that word because surrender means I'm defeated. But again, what matters is God's perspective. I, when I was 13 years old, I needed to surrender. I realized without surrendering to Him, I, I was headed on a path of destruction, so there, there is a, a, again, when we put it in what matters, it's who we're going to follow. We follow God's way or, I don't care, the world's way, man's way, church's way, whatever it is over here that you're going to follow. But, but ultimately, I have to surrender to something. I'm surrendering my, I'm yielding my right. And, and again, my rights and my will to come under 
somebody. I prefer to have it come under the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's tough at times because there's things I don't like that he says in his word that he says I have to do. Like to share the gospel and love my enemies and, to, and the list goes on. I mean, we talk about you know, the Ten Commandments. Well, the Bible holds us to live more than just the Ten Commandments. You know, I've always said to teens when we worked with them, you know, if I spent time not talking about all the don'ts in the Bible, if I spent time doing the do's, I wouldn't have time to do the don'ts. Most people want to harbor on the don'ts. You know, Christianity isn't fun because you can't do, you can't do, you can't do. I don't have time for some of that stuff anymore because, again, if you're challenged to look at what God calls us to be a part of is greater than anything he takes away or that we think needs to be taken away. We allow God to change that. And you move forward, you look back and go, I don't miss any of that. It wasn't a struggle to give it up. But when you're always focused on the don'ts, it becomes a struggle to give it up. It's like, don't touch the wet paint. Right? You see the sign, and you know what? You're still going to go over and check it out every now and then. But if I'm over here where there's no wet paint, I don't have to worry about that. You know, and, and so when we live out that, that aspect, I think it, it changes it helps us keep the right mind frame that moves us in the right direction instead of, you know, the other way. And, and even for the unsaved world, the people that don't know Christ, um, they just, they have a hard time comprehending. You're asking me to be perfect and you want me to give all this up. You can't humanly give that all up on your own. But that's not the point. Are you willing to trust that Christ has a better way to live? That's like saying, do you want to play on a winning team or a losing team? You pick it. This team's going to lose half their games. This team's going to win all their games. Now you choose. Why do you want to play on that team? You know what I mean? And yet that's where we are today. You know, and most people say, well, I want to be on a winning team. Well, then you got to come to practice. You got to, you know, even our everyday life situations teach us, you know, if you, know, you, you got to go to work, if you want to get paid, you, you know, all these things are, you know, very practical well, God says, here's the way to live and enjoy life. I, I come to give you life and to give it more abundantly. Now, you either believe that's what he means, or you're going to believe, or you're going to weed out certain things from the word and mix it with the world. And now we don't trust it. So we don't trust him. And it's just like the coach you don't want to trust. Well, then you're going to lose. You're, you're not going to have the victories. And that's why God gave us a, a, a rule book. But it's not just a rule book. It's actually a game plan, a game plan to live life. So don't just look at the part of the book that's the rule book part. Look at the rest of the book that teaches how to do life and try doing it and try asking God by his strength because you and I could never measure up to it. We need to ask God, God, forgive me. God, give me the strength to live today the way you want me to live in the world in which I live. We're so wanting to change the world, but the only way the world's going to change is by us integrating our lives into theirs and showing them something different, totally different. Yeah, so let's talk about that for a minute and just drill down on like what, the, that, what does that look like? You know, how do we engage in that way? How do we you know, show up in their world? How do we share, you know, this news, this, this good news? Um, what are some ways that you've done that in the past, you know, with different youth ministries um, and maybe ways that you're doing it now personally? Okay. Well, I guess one way that I thought, uh, and my, my wife was involved with, with some of that, she, she found ways to minister to women, uh, again, outside the context of the church. 
Um, for me, it was being in youth ministry. You know, it's so easy to get within and want everybody to come to the church, come into the church, that God opened the door through my experience of uh, sports growing up and coaching. Uh, I've had the opportunity to coach in public schools. So, you know, I have a youth group over the years. I had a youth group of 50, 60, 50, 60 young people. Um, but I had a youth group outside of that youth group. They were 90% unsaved. I went to them every day, five days a week. And I began engaging, and I used sports, soccer especially for me, was my, my vehicle. You know, again, I, I'd see life as our jobs, uh, sports, they're vehicles to enter into people's worlds. They understand that world. But when you get into that world, how can you relate the gospel to them? Or how can you relate moral truth to them? Or get them to think about life matters that are bigger than that. Um, and for me, it's, been a, it's just been a blessing that God continues to open those doors. So for me, that's what I, I see it as. That's my open door. I, I don't try to miss opportunities. But again, you might not be able to get in there and give somebody the gospel right away. But you're going to live a life that's different. Um, and I've had over the years, I have a lot of kids even after, after they've been out of high school still deal with today. Still not saved, but we'll get together for lunch. Um, kids that were in high school that, you know, right at the end of high school, I'd go out to lunch with them and share the message with them because now I'm beyond that. They say, hey, coach, let's get together. Okay, let's go out. I'll take you out to lunch. And what are you going to do with your life? What's life all about? And I begin walking them through. And, but they've watched my life. They've watched me, you know, again, come to where they are. And they've watched my hurts in life and my struggles, uh, my health issues, and how I handle them. And you, talk, you begin dialoguing that stuff with them. Um, actually, this past year is interesting. Uh, I share with my team that we've been going overseas. Uh, and this past year, uh, the soccer team I work with, uh, parents even, I got in great conversations with parents. Um, I had uh, my soccer team actually uh, donate money for the kids so I could buy soccer material or I could buy stuff for them over there. So I'm using, and I mean, and parents are like, wow, you do this, why do you do this? Why, why are you going, well, the reason why I go is because here's what I, this is what I'm all about. Why do you give up time not working to coach soccer? Uh, because this is really what I'm all about. I'm about life, I'm about, and I have I've gotten great opportunities now. It's taken a few years to get to that point. And sometimes that's the hard part. We wanna go in and share it the whole message all the way sometimes. And sometimes you have to, I think sometimes we have to earn the right to speak into people's lives and not force it. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. What, what are some, if you just look at our group and, and say, what are some practical ways that we could go out to today? I mean, we're not, that's not the plan, but if we were. Right, right. And, and go engage, you know, the, the people that we haven't met before. Um, be at the park or at the trail or like you know what 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 do you do to, to me some of the things that that i would go back to and again some people are uncomfortable with things and i'm glad through youth ministry i used to tell people there's a method to the madness working with teenagers uh, we did a lot of crazy things but not out of bounds okay because i know a lot of youth ministries that go out of bounds with crazy so please hear me i'm not talking about doing things that the that the unsaved world wouldn't like or are always 
goofy in that sense. But out of bounds, I'm saying is, you know, we would go and, uh, I mean, I still, and I struggle with it at times. Uh, I have tracks. I like to go into, you know, restaurants and places that you go frequently. Uh, you say, well, what's a track going to do? Even if they don't read it, you know what? They go, this person keeps coming back, you know? Uh, I watch their life. I mean, you, you're, you're building relationships, whether you realize, in your community. Uh, there are people, there are places I go to eat all the time. People, why do you go there? Uh, it's not always the greatest food. Sometimes it is, but, but you know what? You build, you build relationships with the waitresses and the waiters and, and the people that own and, and the different people, and you can start speaking into their life. Okay, so you leave a track and you, you leave a few, and so they get ripped up, thrown out. That's God's, that's God's business. Ours is to be faithful. So I've tried to do like, uh, and that's why I say where, you, you know, sometimes, even today, that, that's a rarity you see from people today. You know, we've become so technological that, you know, the paper track is like, what's that, you know? But the reality is, is, you know, leave tracks. Uh, say a word of kindness. Uh, ask the waitress or waiter to, you know, hey, do you got something? We're going to pray. Can, can I pray with you or can I pray for something? You know, just something simple. Um, you know, those things. But, but we have to think about those things. And sometimes, if we're honest, we don't. You know, I do, sometimes I walk through and I, and I go, God, I missed an opportunity. I mean, are we willing to acknowledge? That's what I'm saying. Sometimes we have to be willing ourselves to realize that even in ministry, as a pastor, I know over the years, uh, it's easy to stay within the confines of the church people. And there's a lot of work to do there, too. So you, I'm not saying you, you have to minister, we have to minister to each other, but in order to reach the unsaved, we have to make a concerted effort, but sometimes we have to recognize, I missed an opportunity. I mean, even with serving each other. I mean, there are people that I know that, We've talked about, me and my wife, and we said, you know, that person needs help. Well, you pray for me, and you go, you know what? I missed an opportunity. I should have took that meal. I should have sent them a card. I, the little things, you know, and then you just, they, you grow them, you know, based on who you are, what type of person you are. Not everybody's like me. Not everybody's like you. My wife would say, thank God nobody's like me. Okay, she has a hard time dealing with me all the time. She likes to put me in a box. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, whatever vehicle you can find, uh, whether it's a sporting, a sport, a ball, uh, you know, you can, you can go into a park and we've done it with teens. We'd go play basketball and, and you know, pick, get in pickup games. And before you know it, you start mixing with the, the kids that are there and you start talking about church and youth group. And before you know it, you're saying, hey, you want to come to our youth group? You know, there's ways to engage it's just we have, to, we have to do things sometimes a little differently. If we're waiting them to always come to us, and again, I would say even the church today, the mentality has been we want to sell the church so much, and, and I don't mean that in a, a bad sense sometimes. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. But we want the world to come to us and like us on the inside. And I don't find that in my Bible. I find that the church is, is, is yes, it's a place where they should be comfortable to come in because they know we love them. But, but, but we need to be going out there and, and reaching them there and showing them that it's not, we'll love you as long as you come in here. Because I think sometimes what the unsaved world thinks, well, as long as you get me in your building, you'll love me. But if I'm out there, you really don't love me. You don't really care. You don't, so I, I, I want to be careful because I think we need to make it sensitive that people come in, they don't feel like, you're looking down at them when they come into our church. We have to be warm and welcoming. But at the same time, we can't be so warm and welcoming that the unsaved world can actually sit in the church and go, man, I like this. I can come every week. Then you have to ask, what are you preaching? Yeah. 
what are you really living? You know, and I know that rubs shoulders with a lot of people wrong, even in today's church. But there's a delicate line there, and we need to be careful how we balance that. So again, I think that's when we come back to prayer and how we as a body and you as a body want to, want to flesh that out. And that's a dialogue that you as a church family, as we develop this church, I'm excited to watch what God's going to do, how God's going to bring people together. But again, the, the mission is to, to bring a body together that's going to be so unified, that's going to be a bright light, but not so it just shines bright, but it also goes out and each one of you are lights going out into the workplace, touching lives of other people. And they're saying, man, what makes you different? Well, come on. This is where we get our fire. This is where we get pumped up in a sense, because this is where Jesus, this is where we meet with Jesus. You know, and, and, and you got that catalyst going. Right. And so you found, you had, as a, kind of wrap it up here, as official questions, but um, you've been a pastor. You've been in the church sense, right? You talk about how you, you know, there's a lot of work. You know, you get 10 people in a room. You could spend the rest of your life, you know, counseling and praying for them and caring for them and, you know, sharing Jesus and teaching. But yet, you know, you, you add more and more people into that. And then you realize the mission is to go beyond the, the walls of the room of wherever you are. Um, so you, you have that as a pastor, you've seen that. And then for not being, working at a church for so long now, um, you've seen the other side of it too. <laughs> it's like, maybe I haven't been to church in a while or, or maybe I have, but like, what does that mean? And, <laughs> you know, how do right. I talk with people about this? And, you know, maybe I have a place to invite them to, maybe I don't, maybe it's my house, maybe, you know, you right, build right. those relationships in the, in the restaurant and all that stuff. So um, just as a final question, official question this morning is just, you know, not having that official pastor role, like, you know, we all don't, right? right. <laughs> um, how do you, how do you still follow Jesus and, and feel like you're doing what he's calling you to do? I think to some regard it's been interesting because now that for the last seven years that we haven't been within a church structure as far as a paid staff, uh, we've found that God has, uh, for me, uh, the burden inside hasn't gone away. So, and I've learned that it's not about, and I think we all need to come to, as a church member, as a pastor, uh, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not a position. It's what's God called me to. And that's where, again, we understand the gifts of the church, too. I think that's where things kind of get sometimes skewed. You know, the, the, the job of the pastor, we call it that, but his, again, Scripture says that, you know, his role is to train the saints to do the work of the ministry. But, it, but again, we can lose sight of that and say, well, it's my job to educate you on how to go do it. No, no, Paul never did that. Paul took Timothy and he educated him, right? But he, he did it with lifestyle. He took him where he went. We've seen the struggle that Paul had with Barnabas and, and John Mark because they went on missionary journeys and, you know, Paul thought this one's not ready to go. And, you know, so we saw even divide even within that. But the reality is, is, is it's, it's taking it, appropriating it, and then, and then flushing it out. And as we flush it out, you know, I, I still come back to, you know, the, the goal is, is yes, to, to plant a church. Because that's saying God is doing something right here, right now. But it's not enough to say 
it's here right now and look at the building we have. It's, the building is, this is where we meet. The building is the bodies in the room. And now how do we send them out to make impact on a world that's, that's lost? And sometimes we lose, fact, we lose sight of the fact that we're living amongst the dying and we don't see it. Okay, I mean, we walk by people every day that we walk by, we talk to, we get our coffee from. But do we see that there's a soul that if they don't know Christ? And I think sometimes we lose that in, in, in our interactions. We, 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 we want to be careful that, that we don't become so evangelistic heavy. Okay, that's when we become so heavy that you don't have the standard. But, but when we reach them, what do we do with them? We've got to teach them God's word. Okay, and that's where, you know, again, discipleship. The church's role is to disciple. It's, it's, a, it's a cycle, right? You go out and you reach them. You bring them in. You love them. You nurture them. You grow them to teach them God's word. You worship. You praise. They develop. They find their gifts. And that's what you've been talking about. To do what? To stay within the building, not to go outside and touch anybody else. To go back out and to do the same all over again. And you just keep, and it keeps, and the church should just be growing. Not because we're looking to bring everybody into the building. We're growing because we're bringing in, we're sending out, and if they don't come back, as long as we're sending them out, okay, and they're doing the mission, the job, what matters, they could be going to the ends of the world. We just keep sending them out, but as God brings them back, we, we, keep, we keep encouraging, we keep nurturing, we keep worshiping, we keep moving. Absolutely. You know? Thank you for all of that good stuff. <laughs> There's so much in there. Um, is there anything else that maybe you didn't get a chance to say or, or something that was on your mind and or you wanted to clarify or clear up before we say goodbye and sign off this morning? Uh, <laughs> no, I, just, I would just say in, in, clo- in closing that, that, that it's important that each one of us continually never stops looking within and asking, asking the question. I know for me, I'm at, at my age, as I move on in life, the greatest challenge for me is, God, I don't want to lose the passion I had when I was 18. So whatever it takes, that's a, that, that's a tough one. I mean, the last seven years for me, whatever it takes, so I don't lose that. Uh, sometimes it shakes your comfort. It shakes your, your identity. It shakes, but again, if your identity is secure in Christ, then what matters? That... His word goes forth. And we're here, again, we're here not to praise ourselves or, you know, build esteem like the world says. We're here to praise Christ. John, John, John the, the Baptist said best, right? He must increase and I must decrease. We don't live in a world like that today. Even in Christianity. Everybody wants to be on a platform. Everybody wants to be known. Everybody wants to be the... And John, no, I need to decrease that His name be increased as I move out in life. And that, that's my desire, and, and I pray that you would even pray for me that way. We should be praying for each other that way because that's hard. If we're honest, that is hard. I got my right. I want this. I, we all have that in us. But God says we got to let that go. Jesus had it in it, but Jesus went to the cross. Never forget that. Not your will, Father, but not mine, but yours be done. Uh, shouldn't we have the same mentality? If that be the case, well, I don't think we'd have all the issues we have today in our world. In the church and outside of the church. So that's... 
right. Go ahead and wrap it up. (laughs) Sounds good. Well, hey, thanks so much for engaging with us today in our connection conversation. I'm incredibly thankful for Tony and his family. And while God has taken us on slightly different paths over the years, we've been able to keep in touch. And Plan and Connect Us Church now provides a great opportunity for ministry that I'm excited Tony and his family are excited about. Their prayers and support are super encouraging for me, and I'm excited to have them around. There's just something about Tony that infects you with joy and an understanding that there's just something different about this guy. His faith seems real, and it has changed his life, and I I just need to learn more about that. Uh, We can all learn something from that. So let's continue to deeply care about one another and see how God uses others to connect us to God's next step for our life. Take advantage of Johnson & Johnson's winter wellness event and get rewarded. It pays to be prepared for the season. Get sweet deals from Johnson & Johnson's Winter Wellness Event now through December 3rd. If you purchase $15 or $25 of participating products at BJ's, you can get a $5 or $10 reward. Plus, you can even enter to win a Visa Rewards card. Purchase at BJ's, upload your receipt, and choose your reward. It pays to be prepared at BJ's.